your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Laura Burkle is in studio with me. She is a dietitian at Gunderson. She's been a dietitian for seven years, three of those years at Gunderson. And hi, Laura. Hi, <laughs> thanks for good. having me again. You've been in here for like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like re-saying hi is always kind of funny and awkward. But mm-hmm. um, all right, so if you have, anyone has questions, I guess what is the best way to like pose that to get people to call or text in their questions for, what kind of questions would you expect? I mean, I have questions. Uh, I can give you a rundown. I have all my sports questions about like what to do before games because high school football is starting up and it brings up these mm-hmm. weird memories of, what we ate before football games. Um, we can always go to the energy drink stuff. Uh, sparkling water. I have questions about that because I these are all selfish because I bought sparkling water the other day. Um, and then we have the diabetic weight loss drug. I want to talk about that a little bit because there's uh, either there's controversy or there's clickbait on the internet. Uh, it's probably the latter. But um, And then just I have this question. Is cheese good for you? Because we live in Wisconsin. <laughs> and uh, we see, you know, even Aaron Rodgers, I guess when he wasn't controversial for other things, he was controversial for becoming a vegan or a, or a vegetarian. So he was off cheese. You can't off be off cheese. cheese and be a cheese head. So, yeah. uh, but if you have questions, 608-785-7914. So, yeah, is there any other, like, like, is there a general way to say if you have, you know, we've had good questions in the past. Um mm-hmm. Uh, somebody asked about vegan diets, and another person asked about what um, intermittent. I think intermittent fasting was another question before. So, just kind of anything that you're you're wondering, it what's what's the actual evidence behind this being a claim, or yeah, any nutrition claims, or just things general. What should I be doing? Right, and obviously you're a dietitian at Gunderson. So, what do you do there? I mean, people come and see you with mm-hmm. these kind of questions, but. Th- is it like, so I'm going to physical therapy for some like uh, injury that I have. Is this, is this like physical therapy for your diet, so to speak? Do yeah. people kind of see you like once a month or something like that and, and, get, and, and walk through like, what am I eating? I don't know. How does it work? Yeah. Yeah. So about once a month, usually for follow up and stuff. Um, but yeah, people come to see me if they're looking to lose weight, if they're looking to improve their diet, if maybe they're wanting to start a different kind of diet and are like, how do I do this the right way? Um, most often I see patients going through bariatric surgery preparation and post-op for that. Is that so, the shrinking stomach thing? Uh, it's where they surgically remove partial part of the stomach and reroute it depending oh, okay. on the procedure. Yep. But So a lot of support there. Really a big cheerleader for a lot of people. Is that thing is pretty popular? Is that surgery or is it... Or is it controversial at all? Or is there a very fine line of people that actually should do this versus, you know, somebody that's like, eh, it'd be easier if I just did that. Yeah. So a lot of people think like, oh, that's the last resort. But actually, it's it's really gaining popularity because a lot of insurances are starting to cover it. Even if your, you know, BMI is only 30 and you have, you know, diabetes that you're trying to manage and stuff like that. So I think the stigma for it has definitely changed from someone that's 600 pounds to anyone that is, you know, struggling to manage their weight. Um, and if they have other conditions that they're trying to manage. Is there, is there pretty bad side effects from that or are they pretty rare? Oh, they're pretty rare. rare. Surgical, rare, you know, anything with surgery, there's going to be consequences or risks, I guess mm-hmm. you could say. Um, but it's very minimal. As long as people, you know, stick with using it as a tool versus something to fix yeah. something, then that they'll be great. Is it? Is it? Is it, anyone have regrets for doing that? Because like 
they get to a birthday party and they can only eat a quarter piece of the cake because they get full or something like that. Yeah. Like people always think they have to have their last supper, you know, before they have a big surgery like that. But actually food is pretty normalized. It's just a lot of portion reduction and just like moderating what you're eating with something else. So, you know, you're not just going to have like two bites of cake, but you're going to make sure you have some of the hamburger patty too that they grilled out and stuff like that. So Because if you ate the cake, you'd be full and then you... Like the whole point of that surgery is you're you're just your stomach's you're full. You're right? full. Like, and you're yeah, not, yeah. You're, but getting... you're almost physically full as opposed to mentally, right? Like right, you're... right. Yeah, and so that's where like a bite here, a bite there can help the mental fullness meet its mark too. And the the the, the danger would be like you're you're full and you're only eating the dessert first, and therefore yeah. you're not getting <laughs> therefore any you're not nutrients. getting any nutrition. And yeah. then you got to go see you for a whole different thing the next yeah. time around. Yeah. Then we got more to talk about. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. So, I mean, how many, how many people are you just rolling through people all the time then? And like, mm. what are some of the typical things that that you get from people that are you know just wondering you know when it comes to their diet? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of people are wondering: Do I do this fad diet? Do I restrict this much? How many calories do I eat? Like, am I supposed to exclude all grains? So I get some of those extreme questions, but. My answer to everything is, well, let's just enjoy things in moderation and figure out how to do that in a way that's going to last long-term versus being a short-term intervention, and then no one's happy. So people come at you with a fad. Is there fad diets anymore? Or are we? Oh, done? yeah. Oh, well, no, I don't think we'll ever be done with those. Well, right? I guess I'm not, I'm not <laughs> picking up the, uh, the, the magazine at the checkout. And, yeah, and the whatever. woman's world. Right, but what are what are some of the fads that are going through? Right uh, now? I mean, keto is definitely something that's just exploded. Um, but really, it's just modified low carbohydrate because unless you're testing your urine, it's very hard to get into ketosis exactly. Okay. Um, but so that's still a big one. Low carb, I think, will forever be something. And there's so much research that still has to be done on it. Um, so is that kind of like we're not even sure that because car- carbohydrates are in spaghetti a lot. Yeah. And carbohydrates are like long energy, I suppose, like versus sugar. Like when they, they have store. fiber, yeah. When they have fiber, then they last a lot longer in the system and prevent those spikes of blood sugar. Because to get rid of it, to burn carbohydrates, you have to work out for over 20 minutes, I think. Am I doing this wrong? Or Once like, you, oh, start, well, they're the before first. Before you start burning carbohydrates, right? Uh, carbohydrates are actually the first fuel that you burn. Oh, and okay. then in order to burn fat, there's like a certain a oh, time right. frame and then heart rate and all those different things. So. So, so it's kind of, we don't even know. Cause I, I was like, yeah, eat less carbohydrates. Cause that's mm-hmm. a bad energy or what? I don't even know. how you Yeah. Do so so people, that's kind of, we are not even sure about that. Well, we're sure that, you know, a reduced carbohydrate diet can support weight loss, but really it's looking at where the carbohydrates are coming from. So a lot of people will cut out everything when it's like, no, you can keep your fruits in, you can keep your whole wheat bread. You can keep your oatmeal, those mm-hmm. sort of good things. It's more like, oh, are we cutting out a donut twice a week or are we cutting right. out, you know, I think if you look a little bit more specifically about what you're removing, it's a, it's a big difference. I just had a birthday. Do you have any opinions on dirt cake? Cause that's what I Oh, that's really good. <laughs> There's a big bowl of dirt cake in my fridge and I just, every once in a while, just nobody else is at my house. So I just spoon right out of that bowl. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't, it can't be good for me. The, the it's amount, a celebration. The, the amount of dirt cake that I, well, it's oh, birthday month. I feel like I've been yeah. dirt caking it for a weekend. It's great here. <laughs> Just getting my like sugar load of dirt cake. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. 
I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Whether you're a seasoned chef or just starting your culinary journey, Cooley Region Cooks is your new podcast resource. Discover new techniques. Hear from local culinary heroes who are mastering the art of the kitchen. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 on WIZM. Stream your favorite cooking tips, local chef interviews, and mouth-watering recipes on the WIZM app. Or find us on your favorite podcast platform. Stay updated and engaged by following us on Facebook. Just search Cooley Region Cooks today. If you got a question for Laura Burkle, she's a dietitian at Gunderson. And uh, we do have one question on the text line, but if you have questions, I have questions. So we're going to run through those. Um, but um, we were just talking, we haven't talked about Ozempic on the air yet, right? Like we were just uh, kind of, We talked about it a little bit last time. Last time you were on, but yeah, not today. Not today. Just, because, um, all right. So you know the official name of this, but I'll just say there's a drug called, it's a diabetic drug called Ozempic, but it's also called like, what? I just lost it. Waver, Wolverine or something? <laughs> oh, like no. That? It's called semaglutide is like the actual drug name, but Wagovi is very oh, Wagovi. similar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So some slip. Uh, semaglutide. <laughs> okay. So that's like the fancy <laughs> It's like the science drug. name. Yeah. The science name. There you go. So it's a diabetic drug, but people have figured out somebody, somehow we figured out that if we take more of it, it, it does something to our body mm-hmm. to support. I don't know. You explain it. I, I'm just guessing. I try That's to explain. Okay. So it it, uh, it increases the your receptors and such to GLP-1 antagonists. So that's like the hormone that it's targeting. So you're getting more of that hormone, which helps support fullness, which helps with a lot of different areas in the body. Your heart health is really improved. Um, so it, it helps your digestion to slow down so that you feel fuller longer. You've got a little bit more fullness on board in between meals, and then um, you you fill up quicker, so you don't eat quite as much. So it's a it's a good portion tool, but also um, because it works, there's such a connection between the gut and the brain. It also helps with cravings, um, just because you have zero desire for stuff. Okay, the first part of that when you start talking, you said something about a hormone, and it's good for heart health. Is this drug good for that, or is that hormone good for that? Like, uh, so the well, because the drug encourages this this hormone to be in there more. Okay. It's kind of all connected. Okay. Yeah. So they're finding it's leading to good cardiovascular effects too. That's right. just coming out now. All right. So because every story that I not every story, but a lot of the stories you read is this thing is is bad for you and it's making. I mean, the headline here is. They yeah. took blockbuster drugs for weight loss and diabetes. Now their stomachs are paralyzed. Yeah. I mean, are you saying? Are, you seeing, are you seeing any of that or what? Yeah. Uh, no, we don't see any of that in the clinic. I mean, that's, I think, it, reading the article, it sounds like, you know, maybe that individual had an underlying condition like mm-hmm. gastroparesis, which is kind of like a frozen stomach that doesn't regulate things very well. So you add on top of that more slowing down and then you're stuck. Um, so it's, it's definitely not, not a common thing. I mean, it, I just encourage everyone to talk with their primary care provider or whoever's prescribing and just give all your medical history because, um, they're going to be the best judge of whether it's fit for you or not. All right. So what are the downfalls of, you know, whether it's Ozempic or Wagovi or the, that you said, <laughs> a longer word. that's okay. Um, so downfalls are, I mean, with it slowing digestion, it can make people feel nauseous because food is sitting there longer. Mm-hmm. Um, for some people, it can make their acid reflux worse, too, because, again, you've got a little bit more pressure in your stomach uh, from that fullness. 
Um, some people throw up if they eat too much and it like their stomach is not emptying very rapidly. So then it just, yeah, it sits there, but it's not comfortable. Um, usually when people advance doses, they might get a little nausea or they might feel a little side effect, but typically those do go away with time. I was going to say, does the body or your, your, your mind body adapts it out? to it? Yeah. Cause it's just once weekly, um, which I think is crazy for drugs. <laughs> Okay, so it slows digestion. This sounds. This doesn't sound great. Like, it, like part all the, all the time. Be like, I'm gonna eat this. I want to just get it. Ugh. You know, like now I feel full and this is awful. But this is yeah. gonna make you feel that more. They feel feel that more. So then you eat less, so you don't feel right. that to an uncomfortable state. So that works out. I mean, if you eat like Taco Bell and it slows the, like I, I just want to get uh, no, I don't. You want just want to get that feeling away. <laughs> it's a weird thing. Yeah, it's a weird uh, thing to like try to describe without mm-hmm. being like super gross. But yeah, well, that's uh, where like fattier foods obviously sit there longer. So like mm-hmm. your fried foods or your Taco Bell will definitely sit there longer and not feel great. All right, so maybe it maybe it promotes you not eating those foods as well because you yeah, kind of figure that out. You figure that out because like, well, it slows I it down. Fried food or fast food, I feel. Um, I really feel terrible, more mm-hmm. terrible than you would any other time. Any other know. time, yeah. So um, it's a tool for that. Okay, so and so we always do the downfalls, but the 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 what are the upfalls? <laughs> yeah, the upfalls of that. The benefits. Uh, so definitely, a lot of people have said you know it takes away a lot of the 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 food noise they have in their head. So instead of thinking about food all the time, it's like there's like the dial is turned down. So then their body's just working in a better rhythm and they don't have all these cravings all the time or they don't feel hungry all the time because they've got this fullness hormone working for them. A lot of people experience good weight loss. So obviously moving better, feeling less pain, um, more happy with their overall health management. What kind of people need to take this thing? So right now, it's it's mainly approved for people with diabetes and um, occasionally people with pre-diabetes, although insurance is getting really strict so, with so that. So the diabetic drug is for people with... Yeah. Insurances haven't yeah. all all authorized it for weight loss. But people that can afford but, it just take it because they want to lose weight, right? Yeah. That's what's happening here? Yep. Yep. So a lot of people that... Not a lot of people pay out of pocket, but some insurances do cover a portion of it. It's really just individualized for insurance. All right. So Al texted in about this drug, I believe. He said Olympic, but I think he meant Ozempic. I'm going to see if he texts back. Oh, he said talk to text. Yes. Okay. So Al texts in and he goes, if someone is labeled as borderline di- diabetic, what do you suggest to get their glucose level down and stay down? That's the first part of his question. And then he and then he says, is the Ozempic medicine something that you could take short term or is it a long term where you would have to stay on it forever? Mm-hmm. So great questions. I mean, definitely in regards to Ozempic, it's going to be something that you want to take long term, um, both if, if you're having it for diabetes, just to maintain that good diabetes management, but also for weight management, because then like we were talking, if you take away the thing that's helping everything work better, you take that away, things aren't going to work the same because they're missing that support. There's no, so if you take Ozempic or whatever to lose weight, not say diabetes is a part of this, and mm-hmm. then you, you lose the weight, is it just like any other diet as soon as you stop doing the diet? or Because you can't, you don't have any self, self-control to, to, to maintain the diet that you had while you were on, like, is it, or is it just like you're not going to be able to because this is tricking your body or, or yeah, producing well, there's, hormones? Yeah, there's a big change in fullness hormones, so then as you lose weight, your body actually wants to 
gain that weight back. So it actually has different mechanisms that make you more hungry. It makes you want to regain the weight. So these meds are really good about keeping those hormones at bay. But yes, you have to have those lifestyle interventions consistent. Otherwise, nothing can work on its own Because we all think we have that self-control. I'll take the Ozempic, I'll lose the weight, and then I will maintain that uh, diet or that lifestyle or that yeah, those habits. Yeah, just keep doing everything else. But is that is that not? Are, what are the odds that happens? The Have odds we, are pretty low. Okay, pretty low but, just because of how the body works. Because it's more. It's not just about because if you if you're on an Atkins diet or what did you call it keto diet. Yeah. That's that's still a lot of self control for you to be on that it's diet. A lot of discipline. But that's not tricking your body at all, right? Like that's right. Just like what you put into your body. Our bodies are very smart. Yeah. So, but, <laughs> but this drug tricks your body a little bit, or I don't. Mm-hmm. It's tricks it the wrong al- word. It alters or? some of the hormonal response. Okay. So that's what you can't do on your own. So it would be harder. It would. It, 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 it might be harder to maintain that lifestyle after versus like. Okay, I don't need to do the keto diet anymore, but I'm just going to portion control and eat things regular. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's going to take self control. But beyond that, if you're on the drug, that's going to take self control. Also, your body is going to fight you. Fight you back. Okay. Yeah, it's so a big battle going on. So, and then the second part of Al's. Okay, you, we kind of answered the second part of his question. You'd yeah. be on it. Al would have to stay on it forever. Yeah. Um, and, but if someone's labeled borderline diabetic, what do you suggest to get their glucose levels down and stay down? Yeah. So is that a thing you really, do? well, really just watching. You know, you want to avoid those big spikes, so avoiding a lot of your refined carbohydrates. Dirt cake. Your dirt cake, your white rice. Uh, If you're not eating, you know, any protein or fiber with anything, it can be really difficult for your body to stabilize those energy levels. So I always say a meal is at least three food groups, a snack is at least two, just to provide that that balance of protein plus fiber. Okay, what's protein's easy in my head. It's just meat, like eat meat. Dairy meat, yep. Okay. (laughs) Fiber, what is a good... Fiber, like, so like your fruits popular. with the peel on them, um, veggies, nuts, legumes, whole grains, like your oatmeal, even popcorn has some fiber in it. Okay, Laura Burkell telling you to eat the banana and orange peels. Yes. Is that what you're doing right <laughs> yeah. now? Fruit with the peel. So apple, what else? What else would be a... Apple, pear, peach. Okay. Uh, maybe not kiwi. That would be just thinking, pretty gross. I, for some reason, <laughs> I'm thinking of all the fruits that have... The, the peels. The gross like, peels. I'm thinking like watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> Eating the rind. Yeah. Uh, 608-785-7914. If you have any other questions you want to ask, uh, Gunderson Dietitian, Laura Burkell. And um, all right. So we got a couple minutes here. Let's, let's, uh, some of the things I want to talk about when we come back. Um, sparkling water, I think, uh, as, a ter- as a maybe a supplement to soda. Does it work? Um, I read this article, too, about. Um, it doesn't even matter if it's sugar soda or diet soda or sugar free soda, which we're seeing all the time. It, yeah. it ruins your gut. Like the, like the, like the bacteria, yeah, it, 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 it isn't great for the bacteria they got. So it mm-hmm. didn't matter. It must be just some, something in, I don't know. Like acidic. Yeah. You're looking at me like, I don't, I, I haven't don't read know. that article, so I'm not so <laughs> sure. So maybe we won't do that one. Um, and then what was the other one? Oh, the Logan Paul energy drink. So anyone with kids probably would know who Logan Paul is. I think he's a YouTuber. He's getting pretty popular. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just one of those things where advertising and like superstars get, you know, hooked up with ads and then those get popular with little kids or, or younger adults or younger kids. And, uh, this energy drink apparently has the caffeine of six Coke cans, which may still be headline hunting here, yeah. but, um, it's still, it, it, it's not great. So, uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. 
I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. If you have questions about your diet or your diet, I don't know how else to, <laughs> about your diet, right? Like Gunnarsson Dietitian, uh, Laura Burkell is in studio here. Uh, every every show we get like one really good question. Uh, we've talked about vegan diets in the past and um, I also forget the other one that you just brought Intermittent up. Fasting, Intermittent fasting, had diabetes. Is that, is that a... Is that a would you consider that a diet fad, intermittent fasting? I would. More of a... Does it work? <laughs> <laughs> Does it work? That's the million-dollar question. I mean, I get up in the morning. I'm not hungry. And I mm-hmm. won't eat. And I still haven't eaten. So I just, like, but... Uh, and this goes into my sports questions here in a minute. But, like, so I feel like I am intermittent fasting. I haven't drank that yet. That's usually the calories that I Oh, eat. yeah. Is that? Mm-hmm. But I'm, like, trying to, like, water up because it's really hot out if I'm going to go play volleyball here in a minute. But... Um, yeah, so is that, I guess I don't even know exactly what intermittent fasting, what a diet like that would look so like. So it's, it's really targeting like the timing of what you're eating. So if you kind of do the most common is like 16, eight, so you go 16 hours without eating and then you just have an eight hour window that you eat during. Mm-hmm. And so for some people it works really well cause they feel like it gives them like boundaries. It feels like that gives them structure. But it doesn't really allow you to pay close attention to your hunger cues naturally. Mm-hmm. Like if you're hungry, you should honor that because hunger is a natural signal. Um, and it's a good way the body communicates its needs. So it, it can be pretty restrictive. And in some cases, it can really um, exacerbate eating disorders too. If okay. you're like trying to restrict and then you get overly hungry. So it's definitely not for everyone. And, you know, if anyone's considering it, I always just talk them through what it's going to be. All these all of these just hover around self-control, right? Like, yeah, like routine. Except for what's the gonna old, work. Except for the drug that you take that tricks your body. But yeah. when you're if you're 16 hours not eating, eight hours eating, I would think that some people would be like, "I only got eight hours. I better pound it. You know, better eat right. all I can, or do it all at the end I've of the day." Got one hour left before I can't eat for 16 hours, so then they overeat. Like it's this like, could be like bad for you. Like yeah, you know, it, it could be the reverse, right? Yeah, it's kind of like how you know, even just like reducing carbohydrates and then people have been increasing their fat intake it's like there's always going to be an extreme and so at what we found is that if you can't sustain something long term it's not worth you know restricting yourself and suffering over if it's not going to be a forever thing what's the best strategy to get somebody to that has maybe like low self-control to you know get on something that they're going like baby steps is always i'm, I'm yeah. guessing is what you're going to say but I don't know. What's the best strategy there? Usually we start with, and everyone hates it at first, but even just like journaling for awareness, like kind of writing down when you're hungry and then seeing like, oh, I'm hungry here, here, and here. Maybe I need a bigger meal here so I don't, you know, eat Mm -hmm. snacks all afternoon long. So usually journaling is a good way to just bring awareness to like what you're doing throughout the day and what emotions are leading into eating. Um, All of that can be a good strategy to just see what's going on first. on top of that i mean i had a friend rick download this app and input everything oh yeah it. super easy that way too is, is that a good well that's different from journaling a little bit that's like bit. telling the app what you've eaten so it'll tell you how many calories but like you're yeah. saying, like what you feel in, in, mm-hmm. or the cravings you're feeling the feelings you're having when you have a craving or something like that right too, huh? and really looking deep into it but yeah apps can be really helpful there's something easy sometimes i tell people just take a picture of what you eat 
Which why, we all do anyways. <laughs> why is an app helpful? Is it because, oh my God, I'm eating 7,000 calories a day? Is that what Sometimes happens? it can be really eye-opening, yeah. Really, yeah. But, I mean, all of those, any sort of self-recording you have to take with a grain of salt because, you know, there's always going to be a deficit in what the actual measure was, and then there's also a deficit of, you know, the database that you're using. None of them are, like, research quality for databases, but they give you a general idea and can be really helpful. Is the 2,000-calorie thing we see on all the labels still, like, a benchmark for what we should be uh, inputting? Uh Generally, it's really dependent on age, gender, activity level is huge. I know if I work out a lot, like if I get into a routine where I work out a lot, I'm eating all the time because I'm always hungry because I feel like... Your body's active. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it really really depends on what your lifestyle is like. All right. So I made the joke before that I I haven't eaten yet today. And I'm also going to go play volleyball here pretty quick. But um, (laughs) uh, high school football started last... Was it? Yeah, last week. I was writing about this coming week. But um, so it brought up all these memories of high school and like, uh, what would we do before games? I think so. Basketball was the big thing. We would eat spaghetti before games. Sometimes mm-hmm. it was chicken noodle soup. That was oh. before football games. I don't know why. But that always seemed like we did that. Yeah, it seemed after school, we'd eat a bunch of. So, like high school athletes out there or athletes in general, like it's the night of the game. So mm-hmm. they get done with school at three. What should they do between three and seven when it comes to eating something that that's going to be most beneficial for them mm-hmm. as they head into whatever, you know, whether it's a volleyball game or a football game? I won't do cross country because I feel like cross country is a different is cross country is probably a different animal, right? A little bit. Yeah, because you're you're really I mean, you don't want to get sick. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with football and stuff, I mean, you're moving, you're aggressive, you're like pushing, you're running and stuff. But, um, you know, really looking at the, the time window, I mean, no one wants to eat a big spaghetti dinner like an hour before they're about to play exactly football. Exactly what we did all senior year. <laughs> so, I mean, that that nutritional benefit, yes, it's going to have some benefit because carbohydrates are the first energy source. Okay. So your body's going to have a lot of energy to go off of. But it's even better when you have some of that built up ahead of time. Hence why... I remember it in sports where we had it the evening before. Okay, so I still feel like we always, I always of the understanding that you eat, you carb up the night before a game Mm -hmm. because those carbs are like, that won't get digested. Like, am I, why, why would we think that? You're trying to fill up your glycogen stores. So you're trying to fill up the stores in your muscles, the stores in your liver. So then when you run out of that, like, immediate fuel of that peanut butter and jelly sandwich you just ate, your body still has some fuel on reserves that you're able to fully perform. So that's where it's good to have some on board and not, like, fast all day bef- and then just eat before because mm-hmm. you're only going to have that immediate level. So the carbos level. are, like, the stored energy. Yeah, yeah. you keep saying it's the first thing you burn. But it's, it's the first thing you burn, but it's but also it's, the first thing that's taken from reserves, too. Okay. So is it smart as a as someone that's going to play volleyball match or a, a football match? So they're not going to be playing for very long. Mm-hmm. Is it smart to carb up the night before? Is it, I mean, does it not, not matter? I think you should have carbohydrates, but should that be the only thing on your plate? Definitely not. I mean, you need other nutrition to help help support your muscles, help support your bones. So don't forget the meatballs. Don't forget the the side salad, the broccoli, because that's all going to be a benefit okay. to performance, too. So just eat a normal, basic just meal. Just eat a normal meal. There's no, like, I need to eat extra spaghetti? No, no. no. I mean, you should kind of make sure you're fueling well that whole day so that you're not, like, starving by the time the game comes. Well, and that was my next question. That's all no. you can think about. So, like, let's just say we did something normal the night before. Now it's I'm at school, mm-hmm. and it's the day of. So is there anything, like, 
is it still just eat normally or do I need to like eat a little bit more of something? You might, depending on the sport and depending on your position and stuff, you might need a little bit more carbohydrates for that like lunch meal or your three o'clock snack. Um, So it might, you know, depending on your weight, depending on your activity level, you might need a certain number of carbohydrates that is higher than the average person that's not. Spaghetti is probably not the good one to get. That from spaghetti, right? you could. Like I at mean, three now. You're telling me to eat spaghetti at three. Oh, uh, I don't know if it'd be three o'clock. That's really close. Well, in my head, noodles expand too. So like, yeah. you're just getting very full from from something right. like that. Yeah, you want to be able to keep moving, but also have Is there that a better fullness. Carbohydrate food. Definitely more of the whole grains because those are going to be digested okay. a little bit slower. Okay. Um, and keep you fuller longer, and so they'll go into storage. What's a, a little good bit like whole grain snack at after a high school? Like I'm done with school for the day. Yeah, I got a football, basketball, volleyball game tonight. Uh, I would say a good whole grain snack. Um, probably just like a piece of whole wheat bread with some peanut butter. Like a okay. peanut butter sandwich would be a good one. All right. Can or we even... put jelly on it or not? Oh, uh, we could put a little jelly on it. <laughs> Mainly peanut butter. All right. Um, can you throw those those headphones? Yeah. Um, we got to call it. Caller, who's this? Hello. No. Hello. Okay. Never mind that. Good job. Um, all right. So, what about right before a game? It's it's now the game's at seven. Mm-hmm. Is there something that these athletes should eat right? You know, maybe that hour before or ten minutes before, or is anything a banana is in my head, but I don't even. Yeah. Know if that's... Yeah. So like something with like a complex carbohydrate where it's not going to digest too fast, but it's still going to give you some good energy. You definitely want to avoid high fat foods so close to your sporting event because those digest really slow. Mm-hmm. So that's where you're going to end up throwing up on the field. But does is there anything that's beneficial to eat an hour before you, you do something? I would say an hour would be the closest you would want to eat. And yeah, it would be something simple like a banana, okay. apple. So anything after that is just not going, it's just going to be something it's, weighing you down in your stomach, so to speak, or maybe even just making you, maybe make you tired. I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes you just like, oh, I'm ready for a nap. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be just me overeating though. So, um, all right. So we did, the, and then do cross country runners. So p- people that are running for, you know, f- a long period of not just nonstop moving. Is there, mm-hmm. is that any different? They, is- well, they would probably want to eat no sooner than like two hours before their event, you know, cause they're going to be really moving <laughs> that food a lot more in okay. their digestive tract. Um, but you know, either way, four hours before you can have a really good meal of, some carbohydrates, protein, some fiber sources, um, and then you know two hours before making sure you're having a good a marathon runner is a whole different animal. Oh, because that's, I, that's they're a like whole different regime. Slurping on gels and all that stuff like during yeah. a race, but we don't have any marathons here. So, um, all right, we're going to take another quick break. We'll wrap up with Laura Burkle, Gunderson dietitian. When we come back, hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at AroundRiverCity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. Laura Burkle is in studio here. She is a dietitian at Gunderson. She's been a dietitian for seven years, uh, three of those at Gunderson. When do you think you're just to be like head honcho dietitian? I mean, I feel like you still learn, you're learning all the time. I mean, how mm-hmm. often does your job just like, Ozempic would probably be a good example where you just kind of got to get up to speed on what this is. And the, yeah. the, that news probably changes uh, monthly. Mm-hmm. Um, what else, what else, what, uh, what other things do you kind of got to get up to speed on? 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's always different guidelines that are changing, too, like American Diabetes Association. There's the uh, Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics that's also changing um, recommendations. I think just as research evolves and you have different nutrition recommendations coming out as research catches up, um, there's never going to be a dull moment. And I think that's why I like, you know, being a dietitian is I know I'll never get bored. And there will always be people to help because food is such a huge part of our lives. Do you regret it though? Because now you're never not studying for something or <laughs> you have to, you have to read or, yeah. or, or, or go back and take classes. Nah, I think as long as I don't ever have to go back to sitting in a classroom all day, it's, it's doable. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I brought up is cheese bad for us or is uh, how, what did I, how bad is cheese for a person? How bad is cheese? Is, yeah. Is, is cheese pretty bad for us? Cheese is not, I wouldn't say bad for us. I would say it's definitely... Unnecessary? (laughs) Unnecessary. Cheese has good nutrition. I mean, it can be a great, like, snack that you pair with something else. I mean, Mm. look at grapes and cheese instead of wine and cheese. (laughs) You can make it work. Um, So it makes a really good snack, but cheese can also add up pretty quick. I mean, it's got, it's an animal product, so it's got some fats to it, Mm. saturated fats specifically, um, that we know you can always overdo something. So string cheese, you know how that comes in a package of like six. I see all this yeah. meme is super funny. So, uh, you know, and you eat like one, right? And that's probably yeah, that's probably a, enough, one package. Right? Mm-hmm. And the joke was like, hey, do you want to eat these six pieces of like six blocks of string cheese, like all six in the pack? And you're like, absolutely not. That's insane. That's gross. And then the second part of it is, uh, what if I deep fried them? And, and then serve them uh, to you as an appetizer. Oh, like before. mozzarella sticks. Right. And then you're like, absolutely, I will eat all of those. So, yeah. As, like, so that's like the trick apparently with cheese is that, well, I mean, that's everything, right? Is that yeah. kind of everything that everyone eats ever? Your only advice, a dietitian is the easiest job in the world because it's all moderation. Just yeah. eat everything in moderation. <laughs> if only, if only. Cut out all <laughs> sugar and eat moderation. Yeah. No, no. There's more That would it. never work. Yeah. It would never work long term. But cheese is a great staple. It's got great calcium. It's got protein in it. But... Like anything, you know, you don't want to have a, a, an amount that's going to exceed recommendations for your fat, your salt. There's salt in cheese, too, and that can get that can get a little dicey, too. What about, okay, so sticking with dairy, milk versus plant milk. There's fights in Congress over calling <laughs> plant milk milk, and mm-hmm. um, Brad Paff will be on with me in a week. Uh, and he's he's got a bill out there that says plant milk can't be called milk. Mm-hmm. Um, is plant milk as good as regular milk or is regular milk good for you? You know, yeah. like there's all these questions. Yeah, there's I mean they're they're different nutritional profiles cuz one comes from an animal, one comes from a plant. So a lot of things in the animal product don't have to be as fortified as they do from a plant source. Um, so things like like your cow's milk is pretty consistent with protein. Almonds, you have to have a lot more of them to make a higher protein product. Soybeans are probably the closest plant source to the protein content mm-hmm. of milk. But otherwise, you're, a lot of these milks are fortifying. So you're fortifying things to make them a similar nutrient profile to cow's milk. Aside from protein, vitamin D, what else Vitamin do you get D, from- even calcium. So almonds oh, yeah. don't have as much calcium as cow's milk, so they'll fortify more calcium into it. Because um, people depend on that as their calcium source. When stuff is fortified, is that is that going to work out just as good as something that's naturally that way? Like even taking vitamins, right? Like mm-hmm. you're, that's your you're just fortifying your body, right? Like with right, vitamins. you're just giving that one thing. Yeah. Um, well, we always say food is going to be the best resource or the best source of 
um, good absorption of these different minerals. So if you can get it from food first, that's a good goal. That's a good question, though. I'm really not sure. You know, if they're fortifying it in, like, almond milk or something, and then you have it naturally from cow's milk, um, that's a good question. But I think either way, the nutrients that it's being consumed with is going to help it absorb to the best of its possible. Because vitamins are always just super goofy. You'll get a vitamin C pill, but it's always like 1 million percent of your daily vitamin yeah. C. And it's like, well, should I cut this into a million pieces then and just take <laughs> and just take a, a little like, speck? Well, every vitamin is like that. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Yeah. Is just- they're trying because we know we're not like perfect absorbers of all nutrients. So they're trying to ensure that, hey, you're going to get above and beyond what you need. But you're also going to pee some of it out because also, because the vitamins just don't work the same as like mm-hmm. if you're eating an orange for vitamin C, right? Or something like that, and right? some vitamins need fat to be absorbed. So A, D, E, and K need fat in order to be absorbed, whereas oh, really? other ones just need water. So are there vitamins out there where I got to eat like a, a hamburger with? <laughs> you know, stick it in my <laughs> well, hand. like vitamin D, yeah, vitamin D doesn't absorb just with water. You have to have some sort of fat. So that's where like vitamin D is in milk, which if you have a little bit of fat in your milk or with your cheese, um, you're going to absorb it better. All right. So we have one minute. No, two minutes. Um, I always, because I have this energy drink, it's kind of like the, the worst habit I have. Are you still of the belief, because last time you came in here, and, and I don't know if that's because the other energy drink was sitting here. Yeah. The worst thing that somebody can put into their body in terms of like something that's, I don't know if it's marketed as good for you, but not marketed as like, like cigarettes, obviously, but that's not a dietitian thing. But like, you know, donuts, that's, that's not, you're, nobody's eating a donut and thinking like super healthy. But these things, these energy drinks, you know, the top vitamins and taurine, whatever that is, and it's got L-cartonite or whatever that is. Like they're marketed a little bit like they're healthy. Yeah. But is, so I don't know, is there anything worse than an energy drink in terms of like tricking you into thinking like these aren't so bad? These aren't so bad. And uh, these are so bad, right? These are, these are so bad. It's, it's, I mean, sugar and water pretty much is what you're having or juice concentrate. But, I mean, anything can be added to a food, but it doesn't take away from what you're actually getting from that food mm-hmm. I, or, or beverage item. So, I mean, we could fortify chocolate with all the vitamins in the world, but it still would be chocolate at the base. Right. So I think we can always modify things, but ultimately, what are we getting for our main source of that food product is is sugar kind of like the worst culprit here with everybody that you're dealing with and just and any i don't know in terms of weight loss yeah i think just not necessarily only sugar but just being misled by labels or misled by food claims or marketing um that's where people get stumped the most and so that's where it's always good to talk through what are you taking in all right let's look at a label let's see what's actually in it yeah my friend pointed this out she was in germany the sugar content and ketchup over there is zero. They don't have sugar. And then yeah. sugar and ketchup over here, there's a whole bunch of sugar in it. Yeah. Barbecue sauce is even worse. Oh, barbecue <laughs> sauce. Yeah, that's right. Um, all right. That's Laura Burkell. She is the uh, Gunderson dietitian. I was going to say, she's a dietitian at Gunderson. That's how I wanted to put, say that. Um, all right. That's, I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Laura. Thanks. Um, coming up tomorrow, let me think. I have somebody lined up. Oh, we're going to talk to uh, Jane Claycamp, the La Crosse County Administrator. La Crosse County Board met last month, so we're going to kind of rehash what they, they met about. Thanks for everything. I've learned there's an advanced form of the disease called geography. Hi, I'm Ken Cooper, host of the podcast Around River City. I've got an invitation for you to listen in to my conversations with the people that make it so cool to live in and around River City. Subscribe at aroundrivercity.com or anywhere you get your podcasts.